0: Welcome to the Our Voice podcast, a place for our voice and yours to be heard. Today is Saturday, May 15th, 2021, and this is episode 4 of the series. On the show today, we have myself,
1: Alex, Myron, and Nuan. We're all current students or recent graduates coming from different walks of life, here to open the floor for our thoughts and opinions on recent events.
0: So... As much as we hate it and we want to see it go away, COVID is still ongoing. Update for today, uh, in Ontario we have 2,584 new cases and there have been 24 deaths unfortunately. Uh, and of those cases, almost 2,200, 2,179 have been the b B117 variant. But on a more positive side of things, we've got a lot of vaccinations today. We've got 154,000, which brings us up to 6.9 million uh, total vaccinations in Ontario. As for the testing, uh, we're at 6.2% positivity, um, which is a little bit up from yesterday, which was 6.1%. As vaccination uh, keeps going forward, the numbers have begun to shrink, and we're seeing more and more uh, age groups uh, being able to have access to the vaccine, which is only helping our situation. The government has still not allowed outdoor activity, um, even... Amongst the waves of the protest from experts and the general public, um, as we all know, the doctors and epidemiologists um, all agree and encourage that we shall go outdoors, good for our physical and mental health, uh, and it's been proven that COVID transmission is really extremely low outside. If you uh, practice proper distancing, wear your masks, of course. Uh, so we're going to have some, uh, some more info on that going forward from the government. So... I guess we could uh, hop into the COVID discussion while while we're at it. There's a possibility of the stay-at-home order being extended. Uh, what's up with that, guys?
2: I'm pretty sure uh, I'm it happy. Has it, it has been extended. Um, yeah, it's confirmed. I'm happy it's extended because people need to understand, these lockdowns have been actually helping us a lot. Like This has been curving our infectious rate and you know, helps us control, keep this in check. Because if we start opening up again, we're going to go back to the same step number one again.
1: Yeah, see, my, <clears throat> I, I'm, I'm happy we're we're extending it as well because we're nowhere near a, a position to where we can uh, reopen and even start thinking about reopening our economy. But I think it also is is just like it's disappointing because I don't understand why outdoor activities are not being allowed in any way. It's genuinely just it's questionable. Is everyone talks about that meme or the joke where Doug Ford is? He's he's driving past a, a playground and he sees kids without wearing masks.
2: And he's like, oh, well, I got to stop that now. <laughs> yeah. I've also seen the videos online. Just people just rebelling against Doug Ford at this point. Like, just fenced out parks and everything. You still see people hopping on it and, like, playing there. Like, you know what? Screw you, Doug Ford. And I'm like, yeah. these people, like, these people need physical activity. People need mental stress relief. Like, I want to go out and throw baseball with a couple of my boys, you know? Yeah, but hey, Doug Ford say, hell no, not in my watch. Yeah. But if it's helping, it's good. So I hope it's helping. I hope it's making a difference. Because if you're stressing me out this and we're not making a difference, then why are we doing this for?
0: I have like some comments on that, but before like new one, you were saying the joke of like Doug Ford going past playgrounds, and I find that so funny. Like just seeing children play on a structure, and Ford's like. Is this the future liberals want? Yeah, this is <laughs> <funny> to me. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: I mean, I concur with what Myron is saying. You know, if you're putting all of this mental stress and all the restrictions and essentially absolutely draining the blood out of small businesses, um, there better be a damn good reason for it. And like I kind of feel like a broken record at this point because like even in our first episode I was saying similar thing but it's like the restrictions don't make sense right like outdoor transmission is is almost completely zero percent right and um you know the playground so like it just doesn't make any sense right it's like at this point in the pandemic we know better we know good amount of information about how the virus is transmitted we know a good amount of information about where it's coming from and we know what the sanitary measures for each individual should be and yet we're still seeing some completely ridiculous policy decisions being made at the provincial level so it's um yeah i don't even know what to say anymore it's like yeah i mean we know better but it's, but it's like we're still here and you now they're just like blaming trudeau with the border which the numbers don't back up and it's just ugh, it's just a mess. Oh,
2: like know? about the flight situation of him letting mm-hmm. passengers into trials. like okay yeah. like okay
0: he has like listen he has a point in that why is the policy for crossing the border by air and by ground different? Right, like in my eye, it's like there needs to be some consistency because oh if you're coming God, from the US I was in an airplane, reading
2: that how do they get away with the people walking the border?
0: <laughs> yeah, so 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 like in my eyes, Ford has a point there. Like, yeah, that there needs to be some amount of consistency there. But blaming the entire failure of the government, I mean, he's he's not like explicitly doing it like that, but it's essentially what he's doing. He's trying to defer blame, right? Like putting the entire failure of his handling of his party's handling of the pandemic just on that one specific issue. You know, for someone who is constantly saying not to play politics, like he's playing politics pretty hard. You know, so it's just like it's just absolutely silly. You know, same old, same old at this point.
1: Yeah,
2: but it's a, it's
1: it's become just a he said, she said game at this point Um, in terms of not even just like the variance talk, because I feel like Doug Ford is using this in any way to point the blame at Trudeau because they weren't able to stop the variants from coming into uh, in, into Canada in the first place. And because of that, that's why we're str- struggling here and why there's going to be a fourth wave. But there's been evidence to prove that actually 80% of COVID cases among air travelers are from domestic flights. And, and, and then there was also another thing where apparently there was, I, I believe, 90% of, or, or 80 or so percent of people who had come through uh, Pearson would actually refuse the um, mandatory isolation.
2: So is that even mandatory at that point if they can refuse it?
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's absurd. It, it just generally, it doesn't make sense at this point. Like, what are these restrictions what? and why do they matter if nobody's following them?
2: At this point, they're not restricting anything, right? Like, if they're giving the option to choose between. Is that even a restriction?
1: Man, I don't know. They're, whatever it is, they're using every excuse to to point this at the liberals and have some kind of bargaining chips. That's also one of the reasons why Doug Ford's been in hiding for the past, what, two weeks now no, how long has it been
2: yeah he has to fix his social media image because people are just hating
0: on him just... he's been in hiding since that weekend where he said all right police arrest everyone like it was just yeah. absolutely <laughs> it was just absolutely ridiculous he's been really low key uh. since then
1: yeah, it's pretty much like uh, open knowledge that his PR team has been trying to get his image back into uh, a better position. Because overall, I believe his his poll ratings have been going down pretty drastically. Which I, I, mean I well. hope so. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone disagrees with that. A lot of conservative people have actually been voicing their concerns saying that they don't believe in anything that they're, they're doing anymore. Because even they understand it doesn't make sense. Like the logic just isn't there mm-hmm. anymore. Um, and yeah, it's it's disappointing. And then you look south of the border and you see things like how Americans can now take off their masks.
2: Lucky. Like,
1: how crazy is that?
2: Lucky guy. These guys are lucky. These guys were struggling in the beginning of the fight against COVID. Now I'm seeing that, oh, CDC told them they could take their mask off. They're all happy and everything. I never thought in my life America would have handled it and got to this point this fast. And here we are, their best friends struggling so hard.
0: <laughs> yeah, we also got to keep in mind that they, their vaccination strategy has been like pretty aggressive and very successful as as far as I know. So, you know, it's kind of no wonder, right? They, they have the industry, they have the, the influence and the power. So no wonder they had like all the vaccines first. I mean, good good for them, right? Good good for them. Like, it's yeah, kind of good a, for like, them. a yeah, shame. Yeah, yeah. It's not like, a hate. Yeah, it's not a hate. <laughs> yeah, we're like the Squidward meme looking at Spongebob and Patrick having fun. Like, this is Canada looking at the US with the vaccinations.
1: <laughs> but, like, exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. I'm just, like, speechless. I literally see the news of them doing mass burial grave because infection is just spreading everywhere to this point yeah. where they're, like, this point where they're, like, everything they haven't figured out, vaccines are rolling out. You know what? We're, like, Biden said, Great day for America. We can see it. It's clearly visible. It's a great day for America after all the turmoil they mm-hmm. went through. I'm not hating on them. I'm just very impressed on the way they handled the situation. I came on top.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's still. It's not over. Like COVID's yeah, yeah, yeah. not over, right? Like we'll we'll see what happens. And there's. I, I hope it doesn't happen, but there's always the possibility of another variant, uh, you know, popping up on the map and that might change. And maybe we'll find out, oh, the vaccines aren't as effective for as long as we thought they were going to be. But, that you know, that's a ridge to cross once we get there. <laughs> but uh, for now, things, to, things seem to start uh, to be looking up, although, you know, I will have my little caveat of like, even if you're vaccinated like still somewhat be careful you know you can still carry the disease to people who aren't vaccinated or the, not the disease but the virus you know what i mean yeah. yeah
1: yeah it's it's just uh it's it's nice to see that that things are moving forward so basically the um, cdc's mask guidance basically their, their full statement was that fully vaccinated people do not need to wear masks or practice social distancing except in certain circumstances which is it's great news because they're actually taking the evidence of are the fact that these vaccines actually genuinely help stop the spread and the herd immunity is is actually a viable solution to solving this pandemic, right? Like We've seen tests being done in the UK where uh, they were testing concerts and stuff of people who were allowed to not wear masks and would be still socially distanced in, in some certain areas because they were still trying to be careful with, obviously, transmission. And they said it, it, it seems to have gone pretty well as as far as what I heard. But yeah, it's good to hear some positive news for once. And then um, actually hearing from our own chief public health officer, Teresa Tam, she put out a statement saying that Canadians who have gotten one dose of any vaccine can socialize with their close family and friends in the summer months.
2: So Noah, are you considered my close friend?
1: I mean, I'd hope so. We've not that silence was too Excuse long. That silence was too long. You are That's now under time. investigation. By the Excuse Federal me. Bureau of Friendship. <laughs> My, I, I'm about to kick you off. No, this podcast. because at
2: this point, I'm just scared. <laughs> I don't want no cop walking up to be like, are you guys close friends or just friends? <laughs> Yeah that's actually that's actually hilarious.
1: That that's a funny thing to think about whether they would even think about enforcing something like that. But I mean we've seen we've seen how police have reacted to that kind of questioning
2: with them blatantly saying no we're not going to listen to you. <laughs> so um ooh and do you remember that party that happened in Ontario with they like Ontario Brampton I forgot they arrested like 100 like gave tickets like 150 people. They all gathered for some big ass party yeah can man, you believe that why. they seized in like some um, like some crazy amount of dollars in alcohol and all these people were gathered yeah. there to drink and have a party And like i oh, mean come on guys we asked one simple thing from you
1: is it crazy to say that i'm numb from hearing about those stories now
2: I know, like, I know you get numb, but these people need to get paged harder. The Like, the amount of balls you should have had to do that, knowingly how of the course. police is going and persecuting people for doing this. And you throw something like this party, and it just throws the whole cycle out of the system. Because now the cops had to deal with, oh, if anybody have came to contact with anybody, and they've taken it back home, or whatever anything and they had to take all this information You're just giving more work these guys are already struggling to keep the things in control yeah
1: the contact tracing it's it's a mission it's a and half, mission yeah. and a half but for i mean i don't know it's just it's just for me right like i've heard so many stories about these parties and things and people are going to be like doing whatever they want to do regardless of what the government's telling them because in these hard times people are just desperate and they want to they want to embrace whatever happiness they can find in if this is how they can express that happiness, then they're going to do it. And it doesn't matter who's telling them not to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're going to do what they want. I'm not going to care. I, I like, I understand it sucks because people aren't listening to the rules, but I mean, if they weren't going to listen to the police or the authorities, then what am I going to do trying to convince them otherwise?
2: Exactly. The cops in higher power can't even make a move. Who am I to make a bench? <laughs> yeah.
1: I'm not trying to walk into a fight that I'm not going to win. Like, or, like, I don't even have a chance of winning. Like, if they're not going to listen to the upper, like,
2: the
1: the literal government, then what's the point in me trying to say anything? <laughs> yeah, and I also
0: feel like, you know, there's, you know, cops are people too, right? And, like, it, they just want to do their job. And I feel like there's a certain amount of judgment and reason that needs to come into it. Like, okay, we're in a lockdown, right? Or whatever, stay at home, order potato, potatoes. Uh, tomato
1: tomatoes (laughs) whatever (laughs) and (laughs) one of the two we got your idea though
0: um yeah so like if like let's say you and myron you go and hang out together you know if you're not causing any trouble and you're wearing your mask and distancing or whatever whatever it may be right you're doing it in a smart way like even though you're technically not supposed to do it let's say like in the most unlucky of situations like a cop like questions you you just be like oh like like, sorry, like, we're going to go away, and he's probably just going to be like, okay, yeah, no problem, right? Like, if it's, like, a big party of, like, you know, showing it to, to the system and, like, you know, we have to stop this tyranny and, like, or they're just being completely um, dismissive of the mm-hmm. of the situation that's going on, and they're not socially distancing and they're not wearing masks and all, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, if you want to hang out with a couple friends in your backyard and you're far away from each other, like, you could probably get away with it. But, like, you're being yeah. smart, right? You're not creating a super spreader event, but if you're doing like they did in Brampton, it was like almost a hundred people at that party, if if I recall correctly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a, that's a problem, right? But like that, that, that's the thing. Like there's a huge difference be- between both, and like although right now, you know, the, rest- the restrictions don't allow for us to meet. It's like, well, if you do it in a smart way, you're not gonna catch COVID, right? But mm-hmm. Uh, anyway i i you you can't say that to the general population cuz people you know you give them an inch and they run a mile so
2: yeah that is it's, a fact. it's unfortunate
1: <laughs> but yeah so with with that statement uh there's a lot of optimism going around cuz um all, all Canadians will have access or at least this is this is what the Ontario governments or or the federal government is saying right now they're saying that all Canadians will have uh access to at least one dose by June um, but for that to happen, we must stay at home until spring passes because case numbers and the hospitality occupancy is still very high. Mm. Um, so the, the idea here is that they're going to be planning on waiting until 75% of Ontarians have one dose and then restrictions can be eased.
2: That's a big hurdle to cross. When do you think they'll hit that mark?
1: I mean, see, r- restrictions being eased, I'm, t- I'm thinking they're talking about something more intense. like. <laughs>
2: like travel restrictions or like
1: yeah i'm thinking like that because i think like the stay-at-home order is definitely gonna be put into question on june 2nd i'm actually pretty optimistic in thinking that it might actually be okay to open up on the second i don't know if i'm the only one who's thinking that what do you guys think
2: like by june 2nd how many people will be vaccinated that's the question right
1: I don't know but they're saying that at least 60% they're going to try and have 60 to 65% of, of Ontarians have at least one dose by the end of this month. And if that works out then I can I, like I'm going to listen to them and take their word for it for right now. And and by the way things have been going like case numbers have been somewhat going down or at least plateauing um and then vaccine <laughs> vaccines have been ramping up like crazy which is Shirtments I'm happy with.
2: These vaccines needs to get pushed yeah. out like if you guys have a chance please talk to your local doctor find that on, on the website and please get yourself vaccinated
1: book an appointment check every website possible every website check possible. your public health unit do everything you can to get that dose it doesn't matter what it is get the first dose because the first dose is is still a step forward it's
2: a step forward for us yeah we could have a good summer if you're all vaccinated we're all you know protected we could have a, at least a good summer
0: Mm -hmm. I'm looking at the um, the healthinfobase.canada.ca slash COVID-19 blah 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 I'm looking at the website and we are currently standing at 39% of at least one dose but we are receiving what is it four and a half million doses over the next week so that's like about 30% of the population so yeah I don't know if we're gonna hit the 70 but I think we're gonna be pretty close. Uh, yeah that's I, my
2: yeah i hope that we we'll definitely
1: been... be cutting it close
2: but like okay let's talk about the vaccine though so nuan i know you're the moderna man so how you feeling after the vaccine
1: um i mean i i feel fine i didn't have any issues with this basically like i went to the place got an appointment i got pretty lucky because i'm i'm technically in a, a hot spot um in brampton so i was lucky to get my vaccine early and uh went in, got the shot, came out feeling fine. Arm was a little sore, but otherwise, we're all good. That's good. How about you guys?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, man. I'm the Pfizer, man. You know, I got my dose. It was pretty. Oh, I'm very thankful for the frontline workers. You know, everything was just a smooth thing. Like, I had to give my health card, everything online. I went there. They're like, okay, what's your name? Oh, Myron. Can I see your health card? All right, good to go. <laughs> went and sat with the doctor. The, the doctors were so helpful. I'm very thankful for these doctors. You know, no matter how many questions you ask them, they just sit there and make sure that they answer everything for you. Because, you know, me being diabetic, I take multiple different medicines. So I want to make sure, you know, whatever I'm taking uh, won't, won't be affecting my you know long term medications that I take constantly, right? And Damn, dude, you make me sound like I'm an ungrateful little shit.
0: <laughs> I mean, get a hint. Read the room, new one. My God, come oh, on. Oh,
2: shit. <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. and she was asking. She's like, "Okay, I want to give you the Pfizer shot," and I'm like, "Oh, alright, that's fun. Thank you for that." And I thanked her, and she stabbed me, and I didn't feel anything on the day (laughs) of.
1: She stabbed me. Bro, it (laughs) was a
2: quick thing. People were like, "Oh my god, it's a big ass needle went through my hand," and I'm like, "What are you talking about?" She's like, "Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the vaccine now. Stab out. All right, you're good to go. Sit outside for 15 minutes. Uh, If you faint, (laughs) we'll call 911. Otherwise, you're good to go home."
1: Yeah, man, it was it was really like, uh, I don't know, it, it felt surreal, but also really abrupt in, in a weird way, because I kind of I walked in, and they got my registration done, and I was already going and walking towards the nurse. I didn't know what I, was, what I was sitting down for. I just assumed it was like a screening thing. She was talking to me asking my questions, answered everything. And then all of a sudden, she's like, Okay, so I'm gonna give you a Moderna. And I'm like, okay i mean i didn't know what i was going to be getting in the first place but sure (laughs) and then two seconds later she's asking which arm i'm I'm getting injected in so i mean
2: and it's pretty nice moderna is really good like you know it didn't give any allergic reaction you know it doesn't give any major health concerns right like it's a good dose and you know up to 92 percent efficient before the second dose and rise up to 94.1 so that's pretty like good odds to you know fight against covid with so I'm really happy you went with like you got Moderna and I got Pfizer. It was pretty nice too. Um like mm-hmm. side effects-wise, I didn't feel anything. Just like, you know, the basic, I started flying back home and everything. That's about it. I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. False information. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> <laughs> I was just playing, Dude, I was no. just playing, I'm playing, i play. Not you know, no, no oh, side God. effect or nothing, you know, just a little bit sore on my hand. Uh, and I was pl- feeling a little bit of sleepy for like the second day after the dose, but That might be me just being lazy But (laughs) or scientific of Pfizer, but it was a pretty good dose, and I'm very thankful for the dose because, you know, I'm happy that I'm helping the, you know, go into the, not stay in lockdown forever, right?
1: Yeah, man. We all got to do our part, right? Like, that's that's what matters the most. Alex, how's it looking for you, though?
0: I was just thinking, imagine if David Blaine was an essential worker and, like, you go to get your vaccines, like, what kind of vaccine do you want? You're just like, what? You're like, name a vaccine. Any vaccine. <laughs> Moderna. Look at your arm. What? How'd you, you- vaccinate me already? <laughs> I, I broke into your house while you were asleep and I gave you a vaccine, but I knew I read your mind. I knew you'd want Moderna. <laughs> Whoa, this guy's for real. Uh, yeah, I've been, <laughs> listen, I, I gotta be honest, I've been I've been on a David Blaine binge, looking at his old clips from, like, eight years ago. Oh
2: so my good. god. Bro,
1: I didn't know where you were going with this, I was so good. so
2: joke. It's like, you know, it's a like David Blaine magic trick, he could just invisibly put the vaccine into you. That, you know, that's who we need to hire for all those anti-maskers and anti-vaxxers. Just, you say it's gonna oh, wow. kill you, kazam! You got Johnson & Johnson, because that's what you deserve.
0: You're an anti-masker? Yeah yes <laughs> so why are you wearing a mask
2: oh <laughs> crap what <laughs> <laughs> The tickets. but also talk about vaccine what do you guys feel about the um you know the astrazeneca problems that were coming up with all the blood clots and everything
0: Okay, well, I'll, I'll comment on that and I'll answer new one's question as well. Uh, I am not eligible for vaccination uh, for now just because of where I am. I'm currently in Ottawa and there are three uh, postal codes that uh, can go get vaccines if you're above 18. I am not in one of those postal codes, so I'll probably get uh, get drafted in the next two, three weeks um, as the government pushes out uh, younger age groups. And uh, yeah, for AstraZeneca, last I heard, Ontario put a pause on distributing those or uh, administering them. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, so I mean, like, it's a tough thing to talk about, right? Because, like, I don't want to, like, fuel fear and I don't want to like dip into anti-vax rhetoric right like i'm totally pro-vax i totally think people should get it and like for me like it's more like a risk management thing right like with Astra like with all the vaccines to be completely honest like I, i was pretty skeptical at first not because i don't believe in vaccines but because they were pumped out so quickly right too fast Yeah, and as I read more into them, like, I I learned that, like, mRNAs has actually been developed for a long time, uh, multiple decades, and, Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of, it was kind of like, the skeleton of the vaccine was already there, and they just, like, adapted it to COVID, but, yeah, no, I was just, like, pretty skeptical about the whole thing, so, like, you know, even if my age group couldn't get vaccinated right away, I was, like, not super upset about it, because, like, I kind of want to see, like, where this goes, and sure enough, right, right, AstraZeneca has some blood clot issues, and, like, the percentage of people that do get it seems to be uh rising as were uh as more doses are being administered so like Mm -hmm. i'm not saying it's it's the bad vaccine right like if i was if that was the only one available i would get it right like i think the odds are in my favor and i'm young and healthy so like yeah i would totally get it especially if i'm in a hot spot it's the only one available and you know i work like in a factory or something like yeah i would go get it um but i'm in the very privileged situation where like i can just wait and like get another vaccine um and it's not like i'm vaccine shopping because i can't even get it yet right um but that's not even an issue anymore if ontario is not going to be administering anymore more uh, of of the astrazeneca type
2: did doug ford get the astrazeneca vaccine because i remember he posted about yeah. it here. yeah
1: yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, him along with a lot of uh, ministers and so farmers, they
2: were advertising it while these problems were coming up. All these problems came after all that vaccination happened.
1: It it's happened afterwards because if you think about it, their their trial runs would have been a lot smaller of a sample size, and as they were injecting into arms, they would have gotten a lot more results yeah. of those um the VITT as it's called. So yeah, it's it's been. After cases have been coming in, they've been increasing the, the chances. So it initially was one in a million uh, would get that blood clotting issue. But now it went from one in a million to one in a one hundred thousand and then one in fifty five thousand. So the chances are they're sadly getting lower at a very alarming rate and they wanted to pull them just just in case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
0: I mean like 1 in 1 in 55,000 doesn't sound like a lot, right? But we got to keep in mind we're vaccinating millions and millions and millions of people. So, you know, in the long run, you get you get quite a few people that get these problems.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's 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 terrifying to think about how many people who could be, you know, having these issues. But um the one good thing is that that if you have had the AstraZeneca vaccine already and you haven't experienced any of these blood clotting symptoms, the chances of you getting it again drastically decrease after you get the second dose. And that's also said the same for, I believe, during their study. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about this, but they're thinking about mixing vaccines for a second I heard dose.
2: about that. How 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 messed up that might make me if I get Pfizer first <laughs> and AstraZeneca next?
1: No, see, that's the thing. For people who have Pfizer and stuff, I don't think they're going to have to risk doing that. It's more so for the people who have AstraZeneca and aren't going to be, you know, uh, are going to be worried about getting a second AstraZeneca dose. Because if you think about it right now, there are, I think, 800 some eight hundred or so thousand Ontarians vaccinated with AstraZeneca. And right now, there's around 300,000 uh, AstraZeneca doses left over. So realistically, we're not going to vaccinate all of them with the supply that we have right now. Supposedly there's more coming in the summer, but I mean, as things are going right now, they're looking at that and waiting for the, the results of that study to see if they can mix and, and get better results. But yeah, they're saying that after the second dose, the blood clot issue uh, becomes so rare. It's not really much of a question. So um, yeah. And uh,
2: at least they took Johnson and Johnson out of the cycle after all the problems they
1: brought up. Yeah, they I'm pretty sure they, they pulled them both for the same suspicion yeah. of the blood clotting issue. And I mean, what they're going to do with those doses, uh, who knows, they still haven't actually asked, answered. So many reporters have asked the same question. They've, they've been dodging the question. Um, because honestly, you can't really blame them because you want them to err on the side of caution. Last thing we want is more people to be dying for an issue that could be preventable, right? But that's also the same case for COVID, right? Because... The main question here is: Are you willing to weigh out the odds of you getting COVID? Or are you getting this rare, super rare, uh, vaccine-induced blood clotting disorder?
2: Oh yeah.
1: Which is actually, sadly, it's pretty messed up. I I did some research on it. This this blood clotting disorder is pretty like genuinely messed up. It's it's actually where the blood can actually clot wherever there are blood vessels.
2: So basically right. everywhere. <laughs>
1: literally your whole body, body anywhere can. You can clot out. <laughs> like you can get a clot anyway like there was a case of this 40 year old guy who had a massive clot 17 days after his vaccine and it he had six feet of his small intestine removed jeez yeah man. That's it's, crazy. now it's crazy. now
0: crazy. now it's the minuscule intestine
1: yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: okay it's okay you know I, I, I shot my shot you win some you lose some <laughs> Miss 100% <laughs> of the shots you don't take, okay?
2: Somebody kill the Titanic sinking song right now. <laughs> <Ba-doom>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, like, um, what are you guys talking about the NASI introducing the idea of vaccine shopping?
1: Yeah. So, um, the NASI, it's, it's an acronym for the uh, National Advisory Committee on Immunization, Um, they basically came up with a statement after Ontario's public health uh, commissioner came out saying that you should get any dose, whatever dose is available for you when your appointment is available. Nasi came out saying that mRNA would be preferred and then cited the uh, blood clotting as one of the reasons why. And they're bringing up this idea of vaccine shopping and, and people waiting to get a better dose. What are your thoughts and how do you guys feel like weighing in on the situation cuz right now the way the way I'm thinking I feel like I I didn't know what I was getting until I was literally sitting next to the nurse. So I mean it didn't matter to me. I was already in a position where I was going to get it no matter what. I wanted to I want to see the end of this pandemic and I feel like I'm not the only one who's in that boat um especially for people in my age range. We have so much life to give and we don't want to like
2: spend most of it inside a house
1: exactly right like i feel like i'm getting so much older and i don't i can't tell that time is passing because we've been in one place for so long but yeah yes. i don't know how, how do you guys feel know. about for
0: that me, yes, i would
2: yeah go ahead alex
0: yes i would like to weigh in on this i think it makes sense but like you know it's just like there's been like some pretty polarizing voices on social media and mainstream media. Like about vaccine shopping and stuff. But like when you stop and think about it, at least for me, like it kind of makes sense, right? Like they're not like it's not about just waiting until you get the one you want. Like I don't think that's really what it's all about, but it's it's a it's about like if you do have if you are in a situation where you're pretty much even if you get the vaccine, you're going to keep being at home or like you know, you're in a remote area, and it's like there's not a lot of COVID in your area. You know, I think it, like it makes sense to wait for the rna if if you can handle the the risk of waiting a little longer cuz like if you look at the efficacy for the different types of vaccines like mrna stuff is usually like above 90%, right? 92 I'm reading here in our notes 92 for moderna and 95 for uh, pfizer whereas the viral vector ones are like in the low to mid 60%, right? So like it kind of makes sense to me that if you're going to have like a wide vaccination campaign To me, it doesn't seem worth it to rush out these vaccines that can potentially cause blood clots. And then even after that, you're only looking at 60, 60 62, 65% efficacy, and then you still have COVID problems afterwards. Even though it might not be a pandemic, it just might be uh, an epidemic or just a local outbreak, you know, that's a problem. So to me, like like, I think it's fine, but that's what I said earlier, right? Like, if you are in a hotspot, and you have astrazeneca available like go and get it like that's the best thing to do right now because like we want to reduce the 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 spread of the pandemic right and then after the fact you might get some another opportunity to either get another astrazeneca dose or you might be able to get uh, another one of the R- mrna types as like we talked about not too long ago so like i think It's tricky because, like, I don't want it to encourage people that should be taking the vaccine they have in front of them from taking it. But also it makes sense to me. You know what I'm
2: saying? Yeah, yeah, totally. I understand. Like like you said, Nuan, I didn't know what I was getting. I was like, you know what? When I walked in there, I'm ready. Whatever they're going to stab me with, I'm ready to take it. But I understand, like, cause till I sat in that door, like, I did have a little bit of, like, that scariness in me. Like, oh, what are they going to stab me with? AstraZeneca or Johnson & Johnson or, you know, or Pfizer knife. or Moderna. Sorry, what was that, Alex?
0: Or a knife. <laughs> okay, carry on, carry on. <laughs> <was> carry... <laughs> what
2: this happened? Is not my, this
0: is not my night. This is not my
2: night. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? That one fell so flat. Bro. What happened? <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> he said a knife. He said a knife. Who?
0: Okay, 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 Meyer, that was, okay You you let's... said
1: what? You were listing that what they were gonna stab you with, like Pfizer, Moderna, uh, uh, Astrazeneca, and then he said, or a knife. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fellas, let's keep
0: let's keep the ball
2: rolling no Alex, you know what
1: to, to be fair i'll get gi- i'll give you some points i actually did enjoy that <laughs> that's one that's a good that one, one. stay in the podcast that's for
2: sure all right uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's not gonna be cut. it was the fear of me like feeling oh what i'm gonna get but you know what because i live in a hot zone so for me it was like oh i have to get in whatever they're gonna give me i want to get it because like COVID is not my best friend. I, like I always say, I'm a triple threat. I'm diabetic, asthma problem, and I have everything that is COVID likes to get into, right? Like, <laughs> but I'm happy that, you know, that I got one of the vaccine I can get first because some people out there don't even have the chance to get the vaccine yet. So I'm not going to be like the vaccine shopper, be like, oh, I'm going to wait till I get this. I'm going to wait till I get that. It's just whatever I get, I'm going to take it. But I understand what Alex says too. Like if you're in a place that like COVID is not that crazy going up and if you want to wait for that good shot, might as well you can wait for that. And, you know, you get the good shot that you want. It's not a bad thing to wait, but it just comes to the problem. Like the longer you wait, you're making this problem go longer too. So it's just like it's such a like a hard thing to measure out in a scale. Which one is better? Mm-hmm. So I'm just mm-hmm. like in the middle ground. Hopefully, whatever I get, just give it to me and I'll take that vaccine. And I don't have any problem with that. I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to, you know, say no to it. But I also understand Alex's side too. But yeah, it just it's so hard to choose. Would you take it or would you not take it?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And like, I want to add that like, you know, if, if you are like waiting for an mRNA ma- vaccine, like, you know, it would be absolutely ridiculous, to like wait a year to get an mRNA ra- vaccine, right? Like that's prolonging the state of emergency but like if it's a difference of a couple weeks then like you know i think those couple weeks are worth Mm -hmm. the you know the the 25 percent increase in efficacy that that's that was kind of the point i was making
1: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well it's actually interesting Uh, you you mentioned the increase in in efficacy after waiting for a, a little bit but there's actually something that's been proven that You know how we've been doing one dose in in Ontario uh, and extending the second dose and when we would be getting those? Mm -hmm. There's actually been a study with Pfizer and how uh, there are more antibodies that are, are, are showing up in Pfizer patients after they had waited longer to take their second dose compared to people who had taken it after the recommended 21 days. So my question is, would you rather... Um, get your vaccine after the recommended time by the biotech company or, or get a delayed second dose like Health Canada has been saying. Because there's also a potential downside to this that I've seen in the test as well. They've been saying that it actually also has a chance of weaker T cells, that the T cells that, that the vaccine creates, they're basically created to destroy the infected cells that are found in your body. I don't know. It, it seems like there's a give or take uh but in, like in
2: you know the biotech companies the guys who made the vaccine why would we not listen to the timeline they're giving us right because they would know how this vaccine would be making better like who would know about the vaccine better than the guys who created? it yeah so i would yeah, like and they've optimized
1: it they've engineered it right like they know exactly what's what's exactly. in that vial and what you're putting into your body
0: yeah i would take it as as they recommend it or, you know, obviously in, in Ontario, once I do go and get my vaccine, I'm going to take it when they say I'm going to take it, the second dose. But yeah, like in my opinion, like, listen, I don't know enough about vaccines and T-cells and blah, blah, blah to like make an informed decision. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm going to wait for it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> but like, I think th- I think like if it's good enough at the recommended time, which it should be because they're recommending it then like do that the earlier the better the, you know the earlier we can really deflate this pandemic and the spread like okay if everyone gets like oh like a 2% increase in efficacy like is is that really worth waiting months and months like you know what i mean like i i think the the quicker the better well not the quicker the better but the the recommended timeline but is, if is canada
2: there. is doing this like they're recommending a later dose because they are trying to you know push out the first dose to a lot of people and if it's like comes down to the fact that you know they don't have enough dose to give to the second dose so they want to push it back mm-hmm. that is totally understandable i give that to them because you know yeah number yeah, one dose everybody yeah. needs to go everybody needs to get number one dose that's important right everybody needs to get yeah. the chance to get that one dose because i can't be greedy and holding down the two second dose over them right so if that comes to that, I'm, I totally understand the Canadian government trying to push the dates back a little bit. But if it's like yeah. way crazy over the, you know, the company recommended date, then that will raise some questions. Yeah. Do I want to like push it this far? When these guys don't do like don't that know what they're
0: like that woman who making? got like six, six shots. Just do like a woman that got who six f- shots. Yeah. How did that happen? Like in, in, uh, I don't yeah, remember there where was a it chick. was. But.
1: Yeah, it was some some lady. I can't I think it was in Australia or something. She got... um. Injected with six doses of, I believe it was Pfizer. Oh my god! Because uh, in every vial, there's six doses. So wait, the um, vaccine, and you have to pull out a certain number of milliliters. Point three is the dosage.
2: So yeah. When...
1: So there were six doses.
2: Holy shit!
1: Yeah, she accidentally pumped the whole vial into her into her. Um, Italy. It was
0: Italy. It was Italy. And okay. what happened? Uh, mm-hmm.
2: How did they figure this out? Like, when did they realize they did this? Like, you know.
0: Probably right after.
1: <laughs> yeah, the nurse, I think the nurse was made aware of her, or At least she realized right away. And she, like, told the patient. Hey, I, like, you can imagine. <laughs> She's me, just like, I'm going to ask you to stay here for a little bit. Maybe a month <laughs> or so. But that's the way you're yeah, going. She, she, <laughs> she, was,
0: she was monitored for 24 hours and was fine.
1: Yeah, she was uh, found to be okay, like she didn't see too many symptoms, which is actually surprising because she uh, supposedly it was an undiluted six doses as well, which is scary to say the least, but I mean, (sighs) she could have been, she might be our first man-made superhero, you never know
0: dude her like t-cells have like m4 carbines Girl. and like <laughs> no, I'm anti-bullet I'm gear like that she's gonna be the most immune
2: i'm gonna be like lady you're not gonna get covid but trust me you're not gonna get anything else too <laughs> yeah she's immune from any, any kind, kind of, of coronavirus, coronavirus.
1: <laughs> that's crazy she'll
0: sneeze man. and she'll heal people around her
2: oh my god oh,
1: she, she she is a walking oxygen a, canister a
2: walking you know like a sprays covid vaccine to everybody through her sneeze oh my god that just yeah. sounds disgusting oh. i don't want to even go there
0: <laughs> speaking of oxygen india uh that's a problem
1: yeah uh, big there's problem a, there's a, a pretty serious oxygen crisis right now um who wants to uh take it away here
2: well first of all i would like to say something well, India was handling this pretty nicely in the beginning. We all can say that. India had this under control. They thought they had it under control. While all this was happening, we also know about we talked about in the previous episode about the farmers' protest and everything. So what happened in India that I've understand so far, like the biggest mistake they made is giving the first dose of vaccine to people, but moving on to the second, like second vaccine process before giving the first dose to everybody because what they did they had a limited amount of supplies they gave the first dose they waited till when everybody had to get their second dose they pushed out the second dose to people because if you see their charts you can clearly see how fast they pushed out the second doses this led to like them losing any items to like any vaccines to give to the first dose people who haven't got it right so what's happening now mm-hmm. is like they're locking down everything they're like you know what guys all major cities you know what screw it we'll shut it down all major cities closed down, like, we'll, like, start this fresh, like, lockdowns in every major cities, we'll bring this curve back to, like, you know, whatever it was in the beginning of COVID, right? But what happened to all those people who worked in major cities, right? They saw that they lost the opportunity to make money, they lost their job because everything is closing down. You know what they did? They said, you know what, I'm going to go back to my home city, my hometown, my rural village, where I don't have the best medical supplies, the best medical hospitals, not like famous doctors. So let me just take all my contact people I came with back to these small villages. So what happens in small villages? They don't have good medical services, hard to get to hospitals. They have limited amount of beds. They don't have too many beds. These all get filled up with COVID patients and they, they cannot handle it. And all these small villages, you can see that they get overrun by COVID patients and they're struggling right now trying to get supply to these small places, these big hospitals that need oxygen supply to keep those ventilators running. So this is a big struggle they're stuck in. So I hope the world sees this and are able to help these people because they need help right now. They need these oxygen to keep their people alive.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy. I mean, Canada has been helping. I'm pretty sure there's been plenty of countries, uh, other countries have been helping, but Canada has been chipping in. They um, uh, sent over a care package uh, with 300 uh, ventilators thousands of vials of uh, remdesivir and um yeah it's 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 all in, in in an attempt to help india with their cases and it's crazy because the in total infections uh, in india right now have been going over now tw- 24 million oh my god yeah, 24 million that's it's like we're over here dealing with 4000 a day like <laughs> 4000 yeah. at the peak
0: and I was looking at um the news report, and I can't remember what station it was now, but it was this reporter that was outside of a hospital, and it was absolutely wild, because there was a line, like a super long line, just to get to triage, like you weren't even in the hospital yet. And like, even on the line, like they, they would try to distribute oxygen, but they only had like one canisters they would give it to like the one person then like after 15 minutes be like all right like sorry we got to bring it to someone else like it, it was absolutely insane and then people were dying literally like in the street in the line waiting to get to triage not even to the hospital right so like the healthcare system is completely overloaded it's just like it's a disaster
2: yeah like yeah they have no bed they're struggling to like find places to put people. I've seen videos of like people going to private homes and taking their oxygen cylinder instead of them hoarding oxygen cylinders so they could spread it among other people. And this creates so much problems in people because some people buy their own oxygen cylinders to keep their family home and safe, you know, keep them alive. And now it's such like like a scarce supply that everybody's fighting to keep these oxygen tanks to their hospitals, their private homes, private healthcare hospitals. And these guys are really struggling trying mm-hmm. to produce these oxygen cylinders to, you know, sl- supply the ventilators. So it's a terrible situation I see. Like, you know, my girlfriend is from India and she always talks to me about this. Like, you know, how her, her family is struggling there because they literally have family members who are infected, but they are unable to get the help they need.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's unfortunate. I don't know. It's it's crazy how it's been happening. And WHO, World Health Organization, has actually been saying how crazy it is because it, it was actually... A perfect storm in their eyes that with um, restrictions being eased in november 2020 um, india's elections were taking place with massive rallies and what was modi doing modi was uh, against a second lockdown uh, they wanted it to be the last effort or last resort uh, when it came to the COVID battle and is unfortunate because they had gained a false sense of security because mm-hmm. they had fought off the first wave so well, yeah, and uh, it came to bite them back because um, Modi had stopped meeting with uh, his COVID team uh, from January to I April. I do
2: not understand why Bro. we would do that. Like I get it, you have hands full with all these farmers protests, but this was up and coming major event. You opened up your country for this infection. You said everything was going well in 2020. That's why you want to go back, start easing restriction. You should have prepared yourself. Even if a slightest raise come, you should have started preparing for it. Modi failed yeah, his country man. there. I can say you're right it's straight completely, out.
1: Like, it's just incompetence. Like, I don't know what else you can say about that. Like It's genuinely just like, what else are you thinking about? Like There's nothing else that can be that distracting. Like, what What else have we been talking about apart from COVID for the past two years? It doesn't make any sense to, to make that call. But uh, anyway, so yeah, he, he during that time, during January to April, the cases in India increased 17-fold. And um, it was already a bad situation to begin with, as Myron said, that they had not inoculated many people in their population nor had they ordered vaccines period they had only ordered vaccines for four percent of their population it's crazy when you're thinking about the billions of people they have living there unbelievable very, just yeah. just where does where do where do they think that that's more that's enough
2: yeah these guys should have like folk like every country we made this mistake we all made this mistake of like loosening up early on then trying to restrict everything later on. It does not work. We should start to be on top of it from the beginning. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Like you were talking about, about the farmers' protests and everything. They should have known that COVID was about to flare up and there's a lot of people gathering in a certain location, not wearing masks. We don't know the sanitary situation that was happening during those protests. Anything could have happened. Mm -hmm. Modi should have seen this. Okay, there's mass gathering here. What could go wrong? What if that one person it only yeah. one it takes one person to catch that infection? Every time he mm. walks through the crowd he could spread it to multiple people. Yeah. They were
1: set up for failure. I mean, the hospitals were on the brink, right? Like they were underfunded. Like one percent of their gross domestic product only went towards the healthcare system. Like this is a country that didn't invest in their healthcare system nearly enough and was not equipped to handle this this pandemic and i mean a lot of us weren't but this is just a brutal example of what can happen when you look away for long enough
2: indian government hospitals struggle the most right because there's private hospitals in india who charge people to even just give them the vaccine right they they had to pay to get the vaccine in private hospital and people don't trust the government hospital because they think it's unclean there's a lot of covid infection there And they were, like, the government hospital not funded by the government enough to prepare for this. But some private hospitals were more prepared than some government hospital, which is, like, shows the failed part in their healthcare system. Mm -hmm. They should have equipped their government hospitals to prepare for this. All their government hospitals should be set and ready for this. But unfortunately, I I don't know how Indian politics works that led to this downfall. What could have happened? I don't know why we could have done better to help, like, help themselves in this situation. just... Be prepared. Get ready for the worst. Don't just because it's easy now, don't lay away and be like, okay, it'll be better after two. You never know how things could have changed. Every country learned the hard way. Everybody were happy that it was easy now, but boom, it was gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, and then then they also had to deal with their, their new variant. Alex, do you remember about talking about that?
0: I... No, I actually don't. But I I remember that, like there was a new variant <laughs> there was a new variant that came out of there uh, that was like you know they called it like the double variant or whatever. Yeah, which is like the the last thing they and we need. But no, why don't you uh, why don't you talk a little bit about that?
1: Uh, I mean, I was asking you. I didn't really know hey, too much either. <laughs> None of us know about the new variant. Why are we here? Why are we here, guys? Why are we here? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but how many times are we gonna do this is this gonna be a thing we're gonna do this every episode yeah. now <laughs> <laughs> but,
0: you know, Yeah, just like hey why don't you tell me about this like oh I don't know well why don't you tell me about this what I was going to say is that like it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough go for India as it keeps going forward it's like as far as I know the vaccination over there has not been great it's been like, like absolutely minimal so Yeah, that's kind of a worst case scenario, you know, it's just like an urban, you know, and I don't mean any disrespect to Indian people when I say this, but like, it's kind of like a urban hell over there, right? There's just so many people crammed in such a tight space and like sanitary conditions aren't really not that great uh, for a lot of the country. So it's, um, yeah, it's like really like the worst case scenario you could have with COVID and with the extremely poor leadership. Yeah, the the you know the average person is paying the price now by losing their family members, losing their friends, losing their own lives, right? So, yeah, that's a that's a bit that's a, not a bit of a shame. It's a, it's a, it it is a big shame.
1: Yeah. Um. From what I what I did some I did some searching real quick. Um. It has increased transmissibility, from what I can see. At least that's what I can tell right away.
0: We're talking about the variant now.
1: Yeah, the B1617, okay. that's what it's called. Uh, it was first identified in Indiana in December, although there was an earlier version that was spotted in October. It's crazy. These things can form so much earlier than you expect. But, um, yeah, increased transmissibility, and WHO listed it as an increased variant of concern at a global level. So this is no joke. We're lucky we don't have um, <clears throat> much variant cases of the B- of this case. Yet. In in, uh, in Ontario right now.
2: Oh, but like a like a quick, uh, just update. I know we've been talking about the COVID situation for this whole episode. Uh, don't worry, for our listeners, we are what we do want to talk about the situation that's happening in Israel and Palestine. But uh, we don't. We want to commit the whole episode for because there's a lot of things that we want to talk about and a lot of information. That you know, as your listeners, you need to understand, and you know, uh, also we need to understand what we're talking about. So we want to keep that for a whole episode about that whole crisis. We want to just talk about what's happening in India and COVID situation in this episode. So you guys should tune in next time for our update on what's happening in you know in Israel and Palestine. But for this episode, we just kept it you know simple. So please join us on our next episode. You know, you guys know where to find us the on our Instagram and social. No one you want to take those away.
1: Yeah, uh, it's at the OV pod. Uh, it's at the OV pod on Instagram.
2: Yeah, so you guys can give us a follow there. We keep updating about our new stories and everything. Um, you know, we put a little clip and bits of funny things that really happen in our uh, podcast. So please give us a like and follow. It's a, we really appreciate it. And, you know, that's it for today, guys. Thank you for listening to our episode today. See you guys next time. bye well, boy, That's my line. <laughs> <laughs> but buy is my line you cannot take that from me